Welcome! We are back with Connect with Friends. Today, we are in a great spot. Uh, we are trying to uh, practice our safety um, from staying safer. Uh, Colorado's in the safe, uh, safer at home. I know some people around town or the city or the state or the countries that stay at home. So we are uh, just honored to be here. Uh, we are back together again for some of us. Uh, we do have other people from um, different uh, sites. Uh, we have Celeste from Gallup. We have Joel from, I believe, Gallup as well. We have Savannah who is um, uh, joining us all the way from Hawaii. Yay! We got Thomas from South Dakota. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to say North. And then we always have the good man, Ben. Uh, he's also from the uh, Gallup area as well, I believe. Uh, I'm Andre, and we are coming from Ignacio, uh, Colorado. Uh, with us in, in time, we do have uh, Jeffrey, uh, Kay, uh, Rachel, Noel, and our good guy, Richard. Uh, today's topic is going to be a good topic, um, and people are just going to, we're going to throw out some questions. Um, obviously, if somebody has something to say, they will actually chime in. Um, also, we, uh, I do have uh, Toa. Toa is actually is from San Felipe. He's also in here, too. Uh, saw that. Um, and so we're trying to do new things here, um, virtual so let's just jump into it. So today we're going to talk about social injustice, right? Um, obviously, what's going on in our country, um, and I know that some people around the world is actually listening to us. Um, there's some some big, uh, I want to say, ra it could be racial tension. It could be social. There's definitely social injustice and tension, but there's a, a lot of... Um, um, I want to say anger, but bad energy, right? Bad vibe that's going on right now uh, with some protesting, with some peaceful protesting that um, have turned into some a little bit of a violent um, protest. Um, but um, we want to, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about it, right? We're talking about all the movements with uh, the BLM, Black Lives Matter movement. We have all. What all lives matter movement? We have all kinds of movements that's uh, going on um, at this time. So I would like to open up the first question. The first question is, what is social injustice? What does that mean to you? Does anybody care to uh, talk about that? Not all at once. Jeffrey. Sure. We're going to switch. All right, go ahead. All right. So I'd say uh, social injustice is a lack of equality within a given sect of people. It's, um, yeah, like a social ineptitude, I'd say, to process that everybody deserves equal treatment, equal rights, etc. Um, whether that be with, like, LGBT communities or racial stuff, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, equality, in, in equality? Inequality, um, yeah. Um, does anybody else got something to say about what does social injustice mean? What, is, what do you, what do you um, perceive social injustice? Did he hit it on the head? Is it something that uh, we have a ghost in here? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, social injustice. So, what do you guys believe? What um, do you believe that social injustice is in your community, your neighborhood, where you live at, your state? We know it's in the country, but where where you live at? Is it there? Um, this is a really stereotypical statement, but I feel like social injustice is everywhere as long as there are people there. People are relatively indisposed to being like innately like, oh, different. 
not good, at least to some extent. It takes a lot of like conditioning and mental awareness to not be like that, I'd say. Okay, so we have some social injustice. Uh, Jeffrey said that no matter where you go, there's gonna be social injustice. Um, I would say, I will speak up and say yes. Uh, there is social injustice, uh, whether if it's just out there blatant, uh, right there in front of your face, or subtle subtleties um, of social injustice. Now, I am to the point where you know a lot of people might say that now America has got a little bit sensitive, a little bit oversensitive about some of the issues. But then again, how could you, you know, it's just like, um, you can't be too sensitive to somebody else's sensitivity, right? Like, you can't just judge somebody's sensi sensitivity level because what you might feel like it's not insensitive to them, you might just be joking and kidding, it could be insensitive to some other people. And yes, I do understand that, yes, um, America, you know, they always have that, America's not where America used to be, but people just, you know, you know, are just, you know, you can't take a joke, but sometimes... Uh, you don't know where that person's been that day, right? You don't know where that person has been uh, in that life. And so you're joking about that person's ethnicity or their culture um, will kind of trigger some stuff up in this. And having injustice, I, I've seen injustice, social injustice where I live. Um, I live in Bayfield, Colorado. Um, and that's what six miles from Ignacio, Colorado. Um, my son experienced social injustice here in Ignacio. I experienced stuff in Durango. I experienced um, very little. I, I have to be honest with you. Um, not not really in Bayfield because half of the time I don't really go outside, <laughs> and some of the times I do. Um, so, um, does anybody, maybe Hawaii, uh, South Dakota, Gallup, uh, what, what about that part where you guys, um, are at? Um, I'll, I think that social injustice is a global issue. It is worldwide. I think that this country was founded on social injustices and, um, in Hawaii specifically, it's it looks a little bit different, but kind of the same. Um, whereas the African com American community is smaller here, but with Native Hawaiians, there are a lot of displacement um, from their own land. They make up a large percentage of the incarceration population. They make up a large percentage of the homeless population, um, of poverty, and they are profiled by police. They are, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And it's really sad when 24% of our population is Native Hawaiian when it, this is Hawaii. And I don't think a lot, I think a lot of the issue with the conversation of social injustice is that history we all we all need to learn a little more history or we all need to share resources and education about histories of specific places and once that history comes to light then we can start moving forward in these conversations of how to correct these injustices but we have to kind of know where it all started from in the first place um but that, that, that's what I can say for Hawaii. I really wish that there was a Native Hawaiian person here speaking on behalf of that. Um, unfortunately, I could not get one, but I can I can vouch for my people anyway. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing. What about, um, you, you're right, uh, we got to know, I think we need to know a lot about history before we can uh, correct or at least get into a better situation than we are. You got to know your history, where we come from, what what's, what brought you to the point where we're here, where we're at. Um, you can't just, we just didn't get wake up one day and it's just here, you know. It happened over years 
um, decades, even centuries. Uh, what about, um, let's see here, we need to talk to some people in New Mexico. That's where Gallup and San Felipe is, um, Albuquerque. Uh, does anybody from there, then we, then we should hear from somebody, uh, we're gonna, then we're going to hear from Thomas. Uh, I hate to put you on the spot, brother, but we're going to put you on the spot to see how uh, South Dakota has to say. So anybody from uh, New Mexico wants to chime in? Hey, Andre. Oh, that is Toa from San Felipe. <clears throat> yeah, um, well, I get kind of uh, two, two worlds each day on my commute. I start off in Albuquerque, live in Albuquerque, and um, get to move back and forth between San Felipe and Albuquerque, which is the tribal reservation. Um, social injustice, I think it's more the, um, in the tolerance of what's going on because some, uh, some of the people you see on the bus or on the rail runner or downtown Albuquerque, they all have different uh, ways they're coming through this area and ways they got stuck in this area and things that happened to them while they were here. But a lot of times it's their tolerance of what's going on that kind of um, gauges on how their interaction with the law enforcement or any of the courts here um, because within our small area the corridor is um, oh man Okay. Go on. I think I had trouble with my internet. Yeah, you you coming um, in and out. Yeah, so um, the corridor that they're um, um, that's down here in Albuquerque, you get different people that you meet um, central or um, downtown, just you know on that commute. And a lot of times, you know, they they have their own things that they say about um, what's going on around here. And here it just seems like everything that's going on now with the protests and uh, um, the uh, demonstrations and things like that, um, Albuquerque is just one of the center points here in New Mexico, so a lot of people like to congregate downtown. Um, they're having a bike rally for uh, um, 4th of July, so Saturday they're going to be downtown Albuquerque with um, all their motorcycle bikes that's sponsored by the Republican Party down here in Albuquerque, as well as, um, uh, I forget their names, but they're one of the civil groups down here that have kind of just been harassing protesters, you know, trying to get them to um, engage in physical altercations and things like that. Um, the statues and those kind of things, we actually had... Uh, someone gets shot during one of those protests. They were um, attempting to pull down one of the statues and a member of this group showed up and um, they ended up uh, firing around and hitting the guy. So the guy was in there. And again, it's, it's a lot to do with uh, the tolerance levels. Some people are um, just engaged in that uh, negative side of society. So they get used to it. So it's harder for them to, you know, see what's going on and then some are in that other area where they're um well and down and able to you know not worry about things you know that uh um, american dream you know and then you have the rest of the populations native and indigenous people that just keep getting overwhelmed and overwhelmed with more and more of the same thing just in different forms so again in that tolerance of others you also remember what's happened before so you can apply that so you're not <clears throat> reinventing the wheel but you know flowing with the cycle of things because all these things have happened before and you know a lot of people have stories about how their their people survived it and inside those stories are just the teachings and the skills that we work on every day so that we you know interact with one another so, like, in San Felipe, we have Hopa, which is just think about everyone and everything. So everything that we do, you know, that's the center of it is uh, everything before yourself. And, again, it's one of those teachings that are happening, but they're not in 
enough of an area to be able to um, help those areas. So when we, you know, go back to San Felipe, inside there is just, you know, the traditions that are time immemorial. So those are things to fall back upon. And then coming back in Albuquerque, it's like, you know, two different worlds because then you get on the bus and you have a lady that's yelling at everybody on the bus and then police show up and then it just keeps on escalating in all kinds of different areas when, you know, it's so many people in this corridor, I-25, I-40 can go any direction and get to either side of the country from this area. So there's a lot of injustice and you're hearing it more and more now, but it, again, it, it's, it's also the tolerance, you know, the people that aren't speaking up are probably still tolerating it and it's just boiling over. So as it boils over all these different, you know, um, people that have a fight that they're in or a cause that they're a part of, you know, are now able to bring that up. And, you know, the whole um, people are more sensitive. It's not that it's people are, you know, past their tolerance of what's going on. And then they speak up and those are the, voices that we're hearing now and then soon later you'll hear the healers and other people the elders that are going to show up later to help us to you know continue on our cycle it's just you know it's the same cycle just it's our turn oh okay good um i'm i'm gonna have to have celeste celeste why don't you get jump in there <laughs> <laughs> okay so you know, I think of the word social injustice as something as new, like it's a new word, new term. But the thing, but the definition of, I like what um, Jeffrey said was the inequality. I feel like that is true of, it, it's inequality in social, like what we see around us. I've seen it looking back as a child, I've seen injustices and uh, in high school and in college and now as an adult. So I feel that, you know, just something small as when I was a little girl, like playing with neighborhood kids, but then as we uh, go to school, it's like we don't know each other, you know, or they have to, I always remember uh, one of the child boys that I used to play with, he was a white person. And his dad, every time he would see us playing together, he would call in his son and, like, get mad at him for playing with me. And he was just very up forward of, like, you don't play with, he would say, you don't play with those Indian people. Mm. And I would remember hearing those words. And I never understood what that meant and then going into high school there was always uh i feel like it was always an underlying i say segregation just because you just never would see a, a a native person with a white person like dating all my friends who have uh biracial relationships now they all met their significant others in college or outside uh the town that i live in um, and then in college, it was always like every single time that I've been pulled over by a cop in college, it was always like, how many have you been drinking? And they would always give me some sort of like a uh, test, like whether it was like, put your hands on the steering wheel, like look in my eyes and like, can you do this? Would you step out? Like it was always not, um, you know, do you know why I'm, do you know why I pulled you over? Right. And, you know, and, and then here as an adult, you see it as well when you're the only person of color walking into a place that they just like, I'll look at you or you get sad in a different place or you wait longer in restaurants. Like you just, it, it's um, unfortunate, but I feel like it's kind of like a norm. It's, happened so much that I feel like now it's become a norm right. that, oh, yeah, we wait long. Oh, yeah, like people are going to look at us when we walk into a place when there's not much of like Native people, especially now with this whole coronavirus. It's, it's unfortunate that um, 
you know, like we're looked at as, oh, we're the ones who brought it or don't hang around with those people because they may have the virus. And as an adult, I've already had that discrimination upon me. And it was just like, wow, I can't, like it's still happening. Hmm. I believe that um, I had some similar uh, issues when I, uh, I want to say issues, uh, similar circumstances that you went through. Um, and that's unfortunate that that young man, that man was teaching his, uh, his uh, kids um, to be that way. And that's unfortunate. Um, before we move on, let me just, uh, we're going to, I have so many questions that just is coming to, to mind, but before we move on to another question, which Celeste touched on, um, let's hear from, um, Thomas. He's from South Dakota. Um, Thomas, do you have anything to add? Um, so I guess I could just add like where where I come from, what tribe I'm from. Um, Oglala Lakota from the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Um, hello, everyone. So uh, I'm in my garage right now, and there's a bunch of like flies flying around. So if you see me like swiping, <laughs> I'm not like, like kind of. Um, yeah, I'm outside in my garage, so it, it's crazy right now. But um, anyway. Uh, I would think something that comes to mind about the social injustice for us up in South Dakota, it's like, and it has happened, you know, with, with many different tribes, they have experienced, experience, like, uh, similar, you know, encounters, but for us, like, for the Lakotas, we were, like, one of the Plains tribes that have, you know, they, they fought the U.S., they, they fought for their home, and their sacred home was the Black Hills. And, you know, we we pretty much lost that, that our sacred, our home, our sacred site, and then they were, we were put onto a reservation that was small, you know, and it, it's something that we have continued to live here for, for years. But it's so when our sacred site, you know, the Black Hills, which was, you know, kind of like desecrated to the surrounding areas, it's almost kind of like a jab in the side. And one thing is like they, they made was like the Mount Rushmore. So if you ever looked at Mount Rushmore, there's like four presidents that they have up there. And one of them was like Lincoln. And so Lincoln was responsible for, um, for the a, a free. Uh, I don't want to go too far in, in, into it. That would be a long conversation. But he he um, he hung thirty eight. It was thirty eight um, Lakotas, or Dakotas, our relatives. Um, so he hung them the day after he um, freed the slaves. And so, and then there's also three other presidents that were are also you know that in Mount Rushmore. So that's one thing that's always like a jab in our side. It's almost like, you know, we conquered you. And so they put the you know, president's faces on one of our sacred, sacred hills. And, you know, for, for us, you know, I live not even like eight miles away from a place called Wounded um, Knee. And so the Wounded Knee Massacre, if you ever read about it, it's no more, you know, it, it's been, you know, a little over 120 years. And so it's, it's almost like it's still fresh in a lot of these minds. And so you talk about intergenerational trauma and the trauma that comes with that, that's, that's still pretty fresh. Um, so there's a lot of things that we live around their surrounding areas, that's just been like a constant reminder for us as Lakota people. And it's um, it, it's kind of hard when you go to these border towns and 
they, you know, I, I have always, no matter where I've gone, you know, felt I have gone through discrimination from, from, you know, non-Indians on the border towns. And then also, you know, discrimination. <laughs> and I, that's probably another conversation for another time, like discrimination from my, from my own people because I was a lot lighter than, you know, I was teased a lot for being lighter. And so it's, you know, it's, it's in the communities. It's, it's even outside in the cities and it's something that's a really hard topic to talk about, but also it's, you know, it's a, it's a hard conversation, but I'm glad we're having these talks about these conversations that's tough because that's how change is going to start so I guess and another thing to what I see a lot is you know discrimination and racism modern day like modern day times to be like you know in sports basketball and even with this, like Celeste was talking about COVID, it's that thing called, like, oh, we're going to, you know, shut, shut down the borders, shut down checkpoints. They're going to spread the virus. And, you know, it, it's a tough time that we're living in. It's a really uncertain, but it's, you know, it has opened a lot of eyes out there in the world of what, people of color have been going through for years so. mm -hmm. right um and thank you for sharing um uh, and we're gonna go into some more stuff uh <laughs> i want to pose a question that actually has been given to me um we talked about social racial i i heard everybody's talking about like a racial injustice but there is also another injustice right um, and the question is, and this can go from anywhere, but is there um, an academic, I mean academic, economic equality? Is there an economic equality? And if so, does that play a role in what we are going through today? So for I guess what the question would be is, is there an economic equality? And if so, does that have to do with um, some of the injustice, uh, social injustice. It may be a racial injustice. It might be, you know, does that all of that come together and play a part in, into that? Um, I have some youth here, and I think we some youth should uh, find their voice and speak their truth um, because um, we want to know what is. What's good? You know, we're, most of us are seasoned <laughs> on this uh, chat. Uh, we live some a little bit of life, but we want to know, and I definitely want to know, what do you guys, what do you guys think about what's going on? Is there an academic, um, academic, is there an economy equality, economic equality that's going on that plays a part in this social injustice? Um, and I'm going to just call on somebody here because they're all looking at me crazy. And I'm going to just, yes, my good friend, Noel. Why don't you come on over, Noel? Um, and, then I, and then we're going to hear from Kay because Kay seems like she, she raised her hand. And she, she wants to say something. I know Kay does. So we're going to listen to uh, what uh, Noel has to say and then Kay is going to say it, And then we're going to open it up again. So, um, yeah. Noel? So I wasn't looking at you crazy. I was thinking about the question. Because <laughs> um, that is an interesting thought process. I, I want to say yes, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's, it's hard to answer that question. Because at the same time... So for my thought process here is certain... Uh, uh, like Navajo Nation, I'm pretty sure they're not as wealthy as some of the other tribes. So that's where it's like, well, yes, and yeah, I, <laughs> not a good question for me because I don't under, yeah, uh, <laughs> bye. 
Well, is everybody going to say, all right, about you, Kay? Come on over here. Uh, Kay, she comes on over. There you go. We're going to hear from Big Rich sometime, too, today. Right, Rich? Yeah, we want to invite you to find your word. Uh, your voice. So, Kay. Hi. Hi. Um, I don't know what to say. You don't know what to say? Honestly, don't. All right, well, how about this? Um, what do you, what is your idea? Do you have an idea of what social injustice is? Uh, kind of, but not as much. I do watch around. I do look at my surroundings. I even look at stuff on, like, because stuff pops up on my YouTube and it says, like, social injustice or, like, the term nowadays, Karen. I watch those and I'm like... <laughs> nowadays Karens? Yeah, nowadays Karens. Okay. And I do watch those and I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. 2020 has been crazy. And... It's just, it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. Yes, 2020 has been a year of, we just need to relax, you know, we need yeah, a break. I think we need a break from 2020. I think 2020, we tapping out. If you can hear us, 2020, we tap out. We would like to start all over in 2021. Um, <laughs> it's just too much stuff going out. Yeah. off, yeah. Um, Richard, um... I'm calling on you guys because, you know, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's good for um, y'all to speak your word and speak your speak your truth, man. So we need to know, what what do you, the youth of today, and I know you can't speak for every youth, but in youth in Ignacio, Colorado, uh, you are um, a descendant, and you are a southern youth, and so is Kay. Um, we just, I definitely want to know, y'all some my, y'all are minorities in this world, in this community as well. Um, no, actually not in this community, but you are minorities in this world. So what do you, what do you, um, see as some social injustice? Has that affected you in any way? No. No, you haven't been affected by social injustice? No. All right, that's good. So what else, I mean... Tell us what is your idea of social injustice. Is that too much of a deep question? Yes. All right, we'll, go, we'll come back to that. Wow, we're kind of shy today. But it's all good. It, it is all good. Um, so I'm going to just open it up. Um, I haven't heard from Joel. Uh, Joel, is there um, economic um, equality? We're going to hear from Joel, then we're going to hear from Ben. Um, and does that play a part in the, in the role of today's injustice, social injustice? Uh, economic equality? Yep. That's a, um, just like the kids have said, you know, I think it does play a big role in how we all kind of see one another, I guess, and how, um, uh, you know, cause I guess things work. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as myself, uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I actually was born with, uh, on the okay end of the economic spectrum. Um, you know, I haven't been able to have everything that I ever wanted. But uh, I had everything that I needed to, to survive up to this point. So I was pretty well off as a kid. Um, so it's kind of hard to speak from the, the, the view of uh, how others feel about how the, the, the ever-growing gap between the rich and the poor, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so for myself, um, just personally, the... So that, that is a bit difficult. All right. I respect that. What about you, Ben? Hello, everyone. How are you? Good. <laughs> it, so, yeah, I, I think economic capitalism, money, is actually the foundation of social in, injustice. That's what I feel. When you think about it, when the country was first... Um, Occupied, people were brought over from other continents, you know, for, for uh, money reasons. 
to gain riches, to gain wealth. Not only that, but they took the whole, the entire continent and all the resources that were on it, and it's almost all gone. Money puts people against one another. I got more than you. I've got this. What about you? That kind of stuff. You know, that's kind of how I feel. I'm sure everybody on this call, on this video, has stories and examples of social injustice. It, it, it's a hard topic because like wounds, sometimes you need to expose them in order for you to fix them or to um, talk about them. There's a lot of discomfort topics about this uh, social inequality, social injustice. It goes beyond what, what certain people have done to other people. I think unless we, we each, each one of us on this continent, once we face our history, like Savannah was saying, I think that's something that's really important because we need to know what had happened in the past in order for us to kind of unwind it and unravel it and to see if we can face some of the things that had happened. Because if we don't face it, then we don't get a chance. We don't have a chance for resiliency. In the beginning, one of the young gentlemen talked about equality. You know, equality is really hard, especially in this uh, in America right now, because of capitalism. As long as capitalism is around, I think it's going to be really hard for uh, equality to be possible. So that's kind of where I stand. And my take on this social injustice is really different because I equate everything with the earth, the, the environmental, the nature, and... My experience is more with, with the uh, environmental side. We got some places that are closed off to us as people now because it's on private land or owned by corporations or something like that. It belongs to the state. And, and in a way, it's not really fair for us. Maybe that's why we're not, you know, there's not a lot of healing because we are not allowed to go to some of these places anymore to, to, to uh, pray, to make offerings, stuff like that. So... Yeah, this topic is very broad, Andre, and uh, I wish we could um, hear from everybody about all of these topics, but I know we have time constraints. So I'm just glad to be part of this event. I really appreciate that. So, yep, thank you. Uh, anytime. We do have some time constraints, but um, there, as he said, it's it's so much. Um, it's kind of, it's like, uh, it's like the human body, right? Uh, I had to do this. Um, so if your back hurts, right? I went through. A, I went through this. So if your back hurts, you don't think anything about how you walk, right? And so then next thing you think you know is that you start walking funny, and then your back stop hurting. But guess what hurts now? Maybe your knees or your ankle because you're hurting. You're walking differently. And so if you look at what. Um, this is social injustice is um, in the history, you know. Um, it's fair to say that it's some some messed up stuff happened, and to to get where we at today in the United States, um, and we're hurting or in limping around because of what happened in the history, and now things are now starting to show up. Um, you're right. There's things that um, I love what Savannah and what Ben just said. We have to go and look at the history in order to fix it. And the issue is that I see is that either you choose not to see, you choose not to like to see that there's something wrong, or you choose to be blinded and you choose to, to be like, oh, whatever, I'm not going to deal with it. And it is something that us as Americans um, have to deal with. Because regardless if you are indigenous, um, African-American, uh, Caucasian, regardless of where you come from and your ethnicity, we have one thing in common, right? And I, we have one thing in common. And we're all human. So 
it's just as much as you're, we're different. I believe we all have lips. We all have eyes. You know, obviously some people are, you know, but I'm talking about in general. Um, we all have a soul. Uh, regardless if you believe in that, we all have a heart, throat, arms, skin, nails. We're pretty much the same. Uh, there's only, like, do you know that there's only, like, 10, like, a 2% difference between an African-American and somebody else? Wouldn't that be, like, the melatonin level? The melatonin. That's, the, that's, that's it. That is really, like, 2%. It's, like, a 2% thing. And here we are. If we really look at it, we're pretty much fighting not only for economics. And, and I love what Ben also said. It is earth, earthly in the nature. Um, resources and um, I really thinking about this it makes me think of I believe his name is Darwin was he didn't he come out with the survival of the fittest and uh, the natural selection and I think we're taking this a little bit too far with the natural selection and the survival of the fittest and I and I just feel like social injustice what's going on today um needs to be held. And I want to go to another question because I I am listening, I'm looking at Facebook, social media, um, the news, and I feel like some of this stuff is being, uh, you know, not really being telling the truth. And I'm going to, and I want to get into something that it could be touchy. It's touchy for me. And it is this BLM. Um, and y'all don't know what BLM is, Black Lives Matters. Um, I've gotten support, and I've definitely have gotten uh, resistance from this. Um, and the reason why I want to come and talk about this is, um, I think that it, it just needs to be said. Uh, Black Lives Matters to me is something important to me. Um, obviously, I'm African American, um, and I just first want to say just because somebody says Black Lives Matters does not mean that your life doesn't matter. And I think that's one big misconception that when somebody says Black Lives Matter, they're thinking that they're saying black people are saying, or African-American people are saying that their lives matter more than you do. And then they're talking about, um, you know, doesn't all lives matter? Yes, yes. And truly indeed, as I said before, we all have something to comment and we're homo sapiens. Um, and that's science proven. Um, and that is spiritual proven. So, um, you can go in either way. I know that when we talk about, um, uh, science versus spiritual, there's all this, you know, confluing that. And there you go. There's some injustice in that too. <laughs> there's injustice everywhere. Um, so, um, yes. Black lives do matter. Yes, your life matter. But I'm talking about, and I think what we need to clear up is what we're going through right today. Um, I feel like, um, let's just talk about the Greg Floyd situation, right? George. George, George. Greg. Greg, George, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Greg Floyd uh, situation. Um, he, regardless of where the spectrum is, or were you thinking that if you're on the cop side or their side, and they shouldn't even be inside. The matter is, is that there, this young man has been, he was detained and he died by the hands of a cop. Well, by the knees, but yeah. Uh, hands, body, whatever, but it's by the cops, right? And so if you look in history, I believe a couple of weeks before, um, a young African male was running in a neighborhood he got shot down um because he was uh they felt like he was um basically robbing the place but there wasn't cops there was other people who got shot down and then we had um the floyd situation then like a couple of weeks they had another young man he was gunned down by the cops and so what we're trying to say as a black community is, is that we are tired of being systemically oppressed, looked at differently, and it's not just blacks, you know? It is, and, and, I, and I understand when I say this, when I'm just talking for the BLM side, I understand that there is 
indigenous, uh, minority. Just be, can I just say it? Minorities. All right. I'm just I'm trying to cover every basis. Yes, there are injustice systems between all, of all of them. But it's just the fact that I just have to say it because I feel like a lot of people are saying, well, do you have Black Lives Matter? I was just, yesterday I was just driving home. And um, there is a sign that says Black Lives Matter. Then on the opposite side, there, there is protesting. And the opposite side, it's all lives matter. And so they're going after each other. And I'm driving through and I'm just like, this is crazy. Um, just to say that, you know, we are... We as an African American um, um, people have our history in the United States, and I'm not. And this is not a history class, um, but we do need to understand. I think everybody understand where we're coming from, and that we do matter. And yes, we're not saying that your life doesn't matter. We're just saying at this particular time, um, and when you can watch a young man die for eight minutes and forty-seven seconds. Just think about that. You can watch that video and it's unedited. It's unedited. And for you, for anybody to say that it's not a system place that's attacking or that's happening to the African-American um, culture, I, I will be saying that it is, um, you need to open your eyes. But... My question is to this, is we talked about it. We see, we've been talking about the history. We talked about what's going on now. My question to you all is what can we do? What can we do or what can you do as an individual to, uh, as, as an individual, uh, what can you do to stop social injustice? And I understand that you might say, well, it's not me, it's them. It's not them, it's me or whatever the case may be, but... You have to, let's think about that. What can you do as your in, as individuals, what can you do to stop social injustice? Uh, haven't heard from Celeste for a while or Savannah's back. Let me hit up Savannah. Um, what do you think you can do individual or collectively in your society to stop social injustice? I think that... When you look at it as like a whole picture, it seems like a really huge issue to take on by yourself, and that can be kind of discouraging. But there are so there's so much value in conversations that you can have with people. So like um, like people who want to say all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter. It's one of my favorite conversations because, of course, the thing it just is math to me. All lives cannot matter until Black Lives Matter. And that's how I see it. And my favorite, um, I just want to share real quick before I answer the question, my favorite metaphor that I think explains it is there's a house on fire. And so the neighborhood is going to go help put that house, get some water and put the house light out. And somebody else says, well, what about my house? And it's like, your house is not on fire. That house is on fire, so we're going to go help out there. And then the other person's like, but all houses matter. And it's like, sure. Is your house on fire? No. We'll worry about your house when it is, or we'll help you later. Right now, there is a crisis, and we need to respond to that crisis. Um, so for me, it's conversations that I need to have with my own family members, with um, people in my community who are disconnected from the humanity of this issue. Like you said, we are all human beings, and we got a 2% difference of what it comes down to so it doesn't even if it doesn't affect you personally it doesn't mean that you have to disconnect from it and take it personally if your life is not being spoken about as mattering at the moment but us all coming together collectively to support each other to fight these injustices that happen at a systemic level and I think that's the only way that things can change is when, when we do all come together. And um, Thomas mentioned colorism a little while ago, too. And it's all of these little differences where, personally, I have been super disappointed in my community because I have seen people who are oppressed based on their skin color, based on being a minority, uh, not caring and saying all lives matter. 
and that is, I, I didn't, it blew my mind to see that there were people, Islanders, who did not see the, the uh, urgency of this issue and see that it affects everybody. It affects everybody regardless of whether it affects you in a moment personally or not. It, this affects all of us as a country, as a people, as the world, um, even the earth. It affects the earth, I believe. And I think that the conversations that we have with each other, the way we use our social media, the way that we choose to spend our money, they say money talks, and I think that that could probably be one of the best ways that we can make a difference is researching um, what our money supports and um, trying to support smaller businesses, businesses that don't use prison labor, businesses that are um, environmentally conscious, all those things. And I'm sorry, I feel like I could go on for so long about this. I'm a very radicalized, anti-capitalist, passionate, anti-racist person. So um, I'm going to stop now because I <laughs> never stop if I don't now. Well, that's understandable. Celeste, what about you? You've been quiet a little bit. Um, what can you do to, or do you have any ideas on how we can stop this social injustice? A beautiful metaphor, Savannah. I, you know, I really resonate with that metaphor. Um, and, and thank you for just the voices that have been, you know, your inputs do matter. And I, I resonate with, and, and the way that I see that I am a contributor to uh, the social injustices or, or trying, striving to be better for this world is just always thinking of our elders, uh, my grandparents, because of the way that they, they raised me, the stories that I heard, uh, learning from, you know, my mentors, coworkers, uh, just really contributing in a way uh, environmentally, as, as Ben said, and also through our history, as Savannah said. Uh, growing up, my, my Che, my grandpa would always say, you have a purpose in life. Um, you know, you'll go further the white men way, but don't ever forget your language. Don't forget where you come from. You got to learn to live in both worlds. And, you know, it's, I feel like that's, that's my purpose. If I continue to look on the news, I get overwhelmed and like, I need to do more. I need to do something. I don't feel like what I'm doing is enough. You know, it's not me disregarding what's happening in the news or it's not me disregarding what's uh, happening, but it's so that way I could think in my, in, you know, in the community and with the youth of how am I a contribu contributor to focused on my purpose as a human being, which is working with the youth, working with indigenous youth and sharing our histories, sharing like this is how we're going to move forward. Um you know, the little that I know of the Diné stories and a couple stories that Thomas shared with me with his, his Lakota stories is, you know, we've been, we've been told that there's going to be a time when people are going to finally realize and come back to the indigenous people and say, what do we do? Like our world is falling down and, and our lands are, you know, are being corrupt. Like is what do we do? Because we as indigenous people have learned to survive before, like our ancestors have learned to take care of our, our environment. And we've learned to, you know, think of water and the lands and the plants and the animals as all living beings and appreciating. And so the way that I'll contribute is just continue my purpose is working with the youth and continue sharing the history of our own history and also like sharing how we can continue to take care of uh, the environment because that's, um, and then, you know, another thing our elders would say is like, it's your generation that's gonna help with this. So what I'm doing now, I have accepted that what I'm doing now, I may not see the change. It may be our great, great grandchildren 
who will finally see and reap the blessings of what we're doing. Like everyone here in this podcast and the youth that are sitting before you, if we continue to learn our history, if we continue to move forward, uh, taking care of the environment, then we just, our, our great, great grandchildren will be the ones to reap those blessings is, you know, is our hope. So, yeah. Hope. Yes, uh, environment. I love that that you guys are saying that. Um, let's hear from uh, Albert. So, um, Toya. So he's from um, San Felipe once again, and he's been quiet. So Toa, would you bless us with some good words? Nice. Okay, I'm just enjoying the environment outside my backyard. <laughs> Um, I think about a quote from John Trudell. It's, uh, I'm just a human being trying to make it in a world that is very rapidly losing its understanding of being human. So again, you know, a lot of the teachings come back to us as what we do to Mother Earth, we do to ourselves. And that's why, you know, when we think about the cycles that are happening, they're happening to us because of... All right, hold up, Toa. Uh, I think we lost your, your audio. I think you muted yourself. There you go. Good? Yeah, we're good now. <laughs> yeah. So, again, you know, these constant cycles come through and they test, you know, what's, what's the societal um, expectations and the resiliency of everything. And a lot of times all what people have to fall back on are those different stories and those different things. But with, you know, indigenous communities, we use the term time immemorial because, you know, those teachings and those things are far beyond, you know, the measurement of time. So it's back when the animals were able to speak to us and, you know, you were able to communicate in various ways. So again, you know, um, combating a problem like the social injustices is, you know, starting from the beginning and working our way back through those different stories, those different times, and in looking for that becomes that understanding because it's not so much pushing your own personal um, thoughts about how things should be. It's creating an understanding of how we can help one another. And a lot of times it's not... Um, in one answer thing, it's multiple things. So that's why you place it back on a medicine wheel approach, a holistic approach. Mm. So mindful, mind, body, spirit, and environment, because they all go together. And once you find that balance inside of there, you become less of a worry for people. And people are able to celebrate you in different ways. And that at that point is when you start to give back, because then you're seeing from people around you what you're carrying with you because a lot of times when these things happen anger aggression hostility and all those things are the first parts to it but again that's the physical part that we're all used to that war and inside that war you know that physical war isn't as fought as it used to be that's why you know it's a peaceful protest and there's these different ways people are going after um the social injustices they're experiencing but again you know there's there's those different instruments that you use during times of war that are more that understanding piece not so much you know i want to fight you because you think different than me but rather how do we understand how we cope with what's going on to create something more and as celeste said you know something more for um what's coming after us our children our grandchildren our great-grandchildren, and in doing that, you know, what whoever is around us is able to resonate on what we're doing, and it's not going to be everybody. Not everybody's going to um, agree with you on everything, so that's why you come at it in a loving way, because it's hate and it's anger and it's all these different things that are fueling this monster, but the only way to combat it is to bring that love in, that compassion, that understanding, that tolerance of others, 
so that that new cycle that's coming in is able to be fed in a different way. And when you use those different emotions, you know, it, it brings out things in people. Because when you tell someone that you love them, aside to telling someone that you support them, you know, those um, bring out two different kind of emotions. But being and being able to love, you know, everyone and everything and think about them and do that small sacrifice for not only them but for yourself, you know, again, it brings out that understanding in one another. That way you're not overwhelming yourself trying to fight these different fights, but rather giving what you can, taking a step back, resting, coming back for the next, you know, the next round of things. And whether or not, you know, you agree with those different terms, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, those kind of things, it all affects us. So like Savannah and Celeste were saying, you know, much like anything else, if a wound's happening, then everyone's job as human beings is to help with the healing in those different areas. And a lot of times it stops to taking that step back, seeing what you can do and how you can help creating that bundle of skills and then giving that as you can. And then, you know, you can uh, move on into the more um, heavier pieces like the legislations or the outreach or the assistance and things like that. So, again, you know, it's, it's, it's being tested. The system that's in place is being tested. And as you can see, there's a lot of holes in it and a lot of faults in it. And that's all that's being showed is everyone's voice is starting to rise because um, of what's being said, you know, the Black Lives Matter. And inside that, again, you know, we're all connected um, within our communities and different areas. So why not help where there's a wound so that we can all continue in the cycle of um, what's expected of us and however our lives are going to be carried. Right, right. Um, guys, it's we have a choice. <laughs> we've we've come to a um, a time where we can either a uh, we can keep on going, um, or we can. Um, go ahead and end this. Um, it's been over an hour. I know some of you guys got to, I know some of you got to go to meeting. I have a meeting in about 30 minutes or so. Um, but I want to continue, continue to talk about this um, situation um, and about this social injustice. I, there's so much that I want to talk about, about um, the aspect of nature um, I, I, Celeste, Ben, I believe Thomas, uh, Savannah, they all talked and touched on nature and how the earth or this earth and how, um, and Tola, you said something about it too, about what, what we're we going through is it could, could it be mother earth, mother nature fighting back <laughs> or whatever. What, I mean, there's so much that I want to talk about. And I do want to honor people's time. Um, and um, just keep it going. Uh, I want to get this youth involved more. They are so talkative off of, off of, uh, off of uh, recording. And then when you, you push recording, <laughs> they got nothing to say. <laughs> uh, but it's okay. We love you anyway. Uh, we love you guys anyway. We really want to say, but um, let's just table this until next time. So this is gonna be part. This is gonna be part one of a two-part series, if, if that's all right with you guys. Um, and we're gonna leave it there. Uh, we we I think we need to do a part two. Um, I am going to put part one on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast. Uh, Radio Public, uh, Pocket Cast, um, Google Podcast. Um, I do got to say we have some good, some good feedback. Uh, we have reached cross seas. 
Um, I'm really, I'm really happy about this. Um, so we do this thing on Anchor, and it tells you who listens and where. And so we have reached Ireland, Pakistan, India, United Ken- Kingdom, um, Germany, and South Africa. We have reached all those places, um, and that's amazing. Um, and obviously in the U.S. So. Again, we are Connect With Friends. I want to say thank you to um, everybody from Hawaii to New Mexico uh, to Colorado to South, South Dakota. Um, please, 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 we will do this again. Um, and tune in for part two. And we will have some more people, hopefully, who can, get, can continue. If I did not get to you enough, please forgive me. Um, and um, if I didn't give you, if you felt like I didn't give you a chance to say something, please forgive me. And then next time, you can, you can have the floor. But we want to say appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys or hear from you guys later. Bye. <laughs>